This is Yvonne Nardone, the star of the Tom Nardone Show. I can't be on the show tonight because I have to get up at 4.30 in the morning and go to work while Tom stays home all day and plays with his toys. I hope you'll listen anyway. And a special thanks to Andrew Wilcox of Eat, Live, Dream, ADD for filling in for me in my absence. Enjoy the show. Hey, Tom. Would you like a pudding pop? Tom Nardone here. I am the hinge upon which the door of awesome swings. Thank you, Yvonne, for your bumper, such as it is. Yvonne has bowed out this week. She has decided to get herself some sleep as opposed to entertain all of you. I have chosen to forego sleep to be here once again. I am Tom Nardone, your host of the Tom Nardone Show. Uh, yeah, Yvonne uh, has to get up at 4.30 in the morning, and I suspect I will still be playing my Xbox by then. Uh, I am not going to do the so- show solo today. I, uh, I doubt my ability to do such a thing. Uh, I have called in reinforcements. One of my very good friends, uh, he's a blogger. Uh, some of you know him from the blog from eatlivedreamadd.com. And his name is Andrew Wilcox. Andrew, welcome to the Tom Nardone Show. Thank you, Tom. I bet you can't believe you're here. I cannot believe I'm here. I mean, it's. I mean, you're here. I mean, let me, let me just tell you. Let me. I don't want to get you nervous or anything. Okay. Uh, but my guests have been the Extreme Mom. The then I had uh, Eric Tivers on the show, and then. If you heard last week's show, Alan Brown, I uh, I hope you're going to be able to live up to it. <laughs> I'm still trying to figure out what went wrong that you had to call me. <laughs> now, you know what? I, I don't, I just, normally I don't get this way, but I just had it in me that we had to do a show and, and I really begged Yvonne and, and all I could, I, all I could do is squeeze that bumper out of her. She was going to bed. And the truth is, is that if Yvonne's tired, you know, she's not going to be really too she's not going to be herself and and she'll she's just going to sit there and hope and hope hope i do all the talking and just wait till it's it's all finished so that she can just take her headphones off and go downstairs like she always does because you know after that it's i mean she introduced herself as the the star of the tom nardone show uh which she really kind of is because you know as i've said before she just comes up here and everything's just ready and then she leaves when it's over, and I do all the work. So, you know, I do all the work that you can't see, and I get enough help from her. Andrew, the reason I, I, cho- I chose this, this show topic um, with, with you in mind, because I know that uh, when you and I were on uh, Justine Rotolo's show, Miss ADD show, uh, we, I felt like we kind of started down this road, but we really didn't get to dive into it. And Justine being the positive uh, type person that she is, and I love her for that, uh, was, well, she was very reluctant to get in the gutter with me, as, as she put it, or get, go negative, whereas I know, <laughs> I know that you are not. <laughs> no, I have no shame. All right. I'm, it's a Saturday morning, or I say Saturday. It's whatever day that I happen to be off, okay? 
And I know that Yvonne is also off on the same day. All right. So I go, and I'm always, well, I'm usually up first, and I go make coffee, and I go downstairs, and I sit there, and I'm, you know, whatever I'm doing, checking Facebook, writing a show or whatever. And then she comes in, good morning, dear. She gets, you know, coffee, whatever. So we're sitting down there. And then, like, within an hour, she talks about going somewhere. Now, right then, at that very moment, my day is shot. It's over. I don't even really care about being off anymore. Okay? Because here's the problem. It's like, I can't win. Now, if I cooperate, I don't get to do what I want to do, which is nothing. Okay? Now, if I, do, if I don't cooperate, I get to do what I want to do. But since I'm a loving, caring person in real life, you see, I have to haul this guilt around with me all day. So, you know, the mere asking of me to leave the house, even, I don't really like to get out of my chair, but if Yvonne asked me to reach something for her or put the garbage out, I mean, I'll kind of roll my eyes and do it. But to get in a vehicle and, and leave the, the property line, you know, the, the, it, it absolutely, it, it destroys my day. It just, it, it's just, I am, I don't even want to do anything because it, it's really hard on Yvonne because, because she can't ask. She, she knows I don't want to do it, but she really does. Now she just does it though. She just asks and she just, you know, it, it used to be a lot harder. Now it's like, she's just, she just usually makes me do it. She goes, you know what? That's it. I'm not listening. We're going. And we usually just go and, the problem is, you know, I don't like leaving now, but once we're gone, once we're in the car, and once I've kind of accepted that, holy crap, we're in a car going somewhere, once we get there, I mean, I'm usually okay about it. But, like, that is a, an area where Yvonne just uh, has a, a really tough time with it. Now, one thing about Yvonne, obviously, is, uh, you know, she's ADHD, as you know. But you're, if I'm correct, your wife, and I can't, what was, I can't remember her first name, Leanna. Leanna. Uh, she is not ADHD at all. Not even so, close. So where where do the, you know, normal, for lack of a better word, normal uh, things that she has expectations of you uh, come from when, when do, do you find yourself in a similar circumstance to what I do? But see, I, and I don't know if that's necessarily a problem for you is the whole getting out of the house thing. No, I don't mind getting out of the house. Um, I, and a little background, I, we have 2.5 kids, you know, my oldest daughter lives with her mom half the time and lives with me half the time, but we have a tiny house. And so I don't mind getting out of the house. In fact, a lot of the time coming home is what I have a problem with, um, because there's so much stuff. I mean, if you look, I don't know if you can, <laughs> my screen, but if you look behind me, I have, there's a shelf and where I'm pointing now, there's a shelf to my left on the wall behind me that's just loaded with little knickknacks of lianas. And they're stacked on top of each other. There's no order to them. She just, every single thing that has to do with that particular topic goes on that shelf. And if you look on the other side, there's my shelf. And it's just a few books, a sailboat, little miniature sailboat that my grandfather built like 30 years ago, and a couple of other things. And they're spaced out. They're nice and they're organized. There's no anxiety on that shelf. 
the rest of the house is like her shelf. So it's, it's anxiety. It's everything everywhere. If I were to, if, if you were to ask me to get something off of her shelf, I wouldn't be able to do it. I can't even look at it. And, and the, so the rest of her house is like that. And that's, that's where I think. Wait, wait. Lines are from. So what you're saying is that there's really, based on what you know about me, there's no way you and me could be friends if we lived together. <laughs> well, it, you would, I mean, I would probably just say my, I would refer, I wouldn't even probably call you Andrew. I'd probably just refer to you as my asshole roommate. <laughs> is that, is that? Probably. Okay. Well, no, and, and I'm not, but I'm not anal about picking up. I just, I can't have everything all willy nilly. You know, I've, I've got piles of stuff everywhere, but they're my piles. I know what's in them. If I need to get something, I can get it. But the, the, the rest of our house is not like that. And it's even just trying to describe it is driving me nuts. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. Forgive me. Cause I guess I just think everybody that's ADHD is exactly like me. Clearly they're not. So what, what, what is it that, 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 that you get angry about? You don't mind leaving the house. You keep the place neat. What do you get? What, I don't. What, what pisses you off? Well, that's, you know, let's talk about keeping the place neat. Okay, so I, oh, I procrastinate. You raise hell? You ever raise hell when, when? <laughs> well, okay, I procrastinate like the rest of us with the best of them. Um, I will leave something. I will not do the dishes until there are no clean forks, spoons, or knives, not a clean plate to eat off of. And that's when I jump into action. And then it's, it's like I have to be angry to be motivated to do anything around this house. But then when I'm doing it, I'm angry that I'm doing it. And I usually do things when I feel they absolutely have to be done. They can't wait any longer. And, of course, nobody else is even remotely interested in all of a sudden jumping up and washing a week's worth of dishes, right? So I'm sitting there eating the dishes like, don't worry about me washing these dishes. You just sit there on the couch. <laughs> don't do anything at all. I'm going to do all the work as usual. Excellent. Nice. So – and then things are, things are, you know, I'm getting water splashed all over me and my clothes are starting to stick to me. I got to stop washing so I can dry to make room for the stuff that I'm washing. Um, and, Damn, that's and, some heavy duty dishwashing because I mean, I washed dishes by hand today and didn't get wet. I mean, you must be really, I mean, is it your anger that's causing you to get wet? I mean, because you're slamming, like slamming stuff into the sink full of water. Yeah. Man, this is yeah. good stuff. So you're well, kind of, it's weird because you're like Yvonne. You know, I remember Yvonne, I, she doesn't really do it anymore. I have worn her down to such a level that she really isn't any bother anymore with the, <clears throat> the cleanliness of the house. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, Yvonne keeps her area clean. But like, for instance, not that this is any big surprise, but you remember how long ago the tree incident was, right? Yeah, it's still cut up in the back of my truck. Still there. I could, I could, I could. It's a traction. I could, I could take the camera over there and show it to you. It's still in there. Matter of fact, I went and got the mail today, and I'm not kidding you. There was a a pamphlet in there, or a, a you know whatever you call it, the the ad in there for some upcoming Labor Day sales. <laughs> I mean. It's, so this got here sometime before Labor Day and was still in there. Today, it finally made it into the house. Okay. Uh, 
but y you know, Yvonne has not nearly as, uh, but I remember one time early on and I really, I didn't know if we were going to make it at this point. Like this is like our first year and a half. And, uh, she got up and started cleaning and she got the bleach out and, you know, and everything she found, like it could have happened a year ago or it could have, it could, she could have looked at it every day, but now that she's cleaning it, that empowers her to have the right to yell and scream <laughs> at everybody else as if it was completely and total, totally our fault. I think I learned a long time ago that if I, if I'm going to get so, I don't know how to describe it. If I'm going to get so into the cleaning that I'm getting like the bleach out and the, the scotch pads and, and stuff like that, I make sure I do that when there's nobody around. And I just take out all of my aggression on the oven or the counter or whatever it is. Otherwise, yeah, it's, it's like a bomb waiting to go off. Like I tell the people even, I can smell them walking into the kitchen and they just turn around and bark, get out of the kitchen, don't come out of the kitchen, I'm clean, get out of here. And uh, so now people know when I'm in the kitchen, if you hear like dishes clanking or anything like that, just be very quiet. Like Elmer Fudd, like I'm hunting dishes. Uh. <laughs> All right. Um, you know, some other things uh, that, okay, I'm just, you know what? I'm just going to run down my list. If, if this pisses you off, then stop me and say yes. And t okay, car trouble. Uh, not I, so much. I cannot handle it. I can't. I, I kind of, I kind of enjoy diagnosing what goes wrong. Now, if my car stops, and then I'm, I get pissed. But like, if I hear a weird noise, or if I hear like grinding, or or if like just recently my fan stopped working, I start to think like, I wonder what that could. It's like a puzzle. It's almost intriguing to me. I so got it. I got it. I got to tell you, man, <laughs> that there is, there is almost nothing that gets me more angry than anything going wrong with the car. Any, any, I, I any, because I get so scared and knowing how, you know, it's, it's going to, cause every it time, every money, time it goes into the car in, in the, the car goes in the shop, I automatically think it's, it's going to be, $800 to fix it. I don't know why that's the number that always jumps up. It's never been that high, uh, but but I just know it's going to happen. I mean, my truck ran like crap for like a year and a half. And I'll tell you the thing, I did figure out what was the matter with it. It was a spark plug and I changed the spark plug. But here, here's how stupid I am. I was putting the spark plug in and even though when I was tightening it, I did hear a little bit, just a, the faintest bit of a crack. Okay. Now I'm gonna tell you if a, a ceramic part of a <laughs> of a spark plug breaks, the spark plug doesn't work. All right, so I basically and it pissed me off, and I drove it another six or eight months, it, with it still running like crap, really believing <laughs> that was the reason. But it just it didn't seem fair to me that I should have to do the same thing twice. I mean, I did all the work that was necessary to fix it, and that spark plug broke. So I just. Yeah. I mean, to get motivated enough to pop that hood and, I mean, and the spark plug's not a big deal, but the where this one was, it was a little bit of a, of a bitch to get to. Uh, but I, you know, I actually um, uh, took it in because I didn't really know that was what's the matter with it. I just figured it probably was. And uh, they, they replaced the spark plug for me. 
and uh, I think they they charged me like fifteen bucks. So it was a lot of crying for nothing. And I'll and I procrastinated, and I'll wait on that. Okay. Um. When wh what about when stuff breaks in the house? Things that have to like the dishwasher just goes kaput. Well, usually when stuff breaks in the house, I've broken it. So yeah, I'm definitely pissed about that. Because because you, you have to spend money on it. Well, and because I'm gonna have to tell Leanna that I broke something. <laughs> yeah, that would be tough. Um, Yvonne, I don't think Yvonne would appreciate a temper like that for me because she knows she I, she's it would surprise her because I don't, I don't have much I, I I just yell and scream I don't I don't ever break shit uh, I maybe I should have a like all my junk I should just keep it and then so you have something to throw yeah so I have something to break when I get angry. Um, it's, it's only when I when I get that angry and I've got something in my hands, it's done. Okay. I don't look for stuff, now, but if it's in my hands or if it's right in front of me. Okay, here's something else, and Yvonne knows this as well as anybody. Uh, if there is anything in in our household, like if Yvonne has to discuss something with me, some household issue in regard to uh, bills or anything having to do with bills or insurance, or any of the, you know, the business of the house, she will go into this preparation state like a samurai warrior, okay? And she will sit down with me and say, now, Tom, now, listen, we have to talk about this. Now, I need you to stay calm. I've already got it worked out, but she, it's, it, it's something that I have to be involved with, so she has to tell me. She, because... Like, I can't even, I mean, the, the idea of picking up a phone and calling some business and asking a question and trying to figure something out or get this switched over to whatever, you know, with, particularly uh, with medical insurance. And I used to really hate it because I had to do it every time for that. But now Yvonne, you know, works at the same company as me and we're on the same insurance. So now it's back on her. But so I kind of dodged that bullet for for the time being, but it I, I don't know why I just can't stand to do it. I just can't. It it just seems. But I mean, when I finally do it, you know, I just kind of like, man, I don't know what the big deal was all about. But I just can't. I just can't bring myself to do that stuff, and I get really pissed off. I think that that you and Yvonne are like the opposite of me and Leanna. Because yeah. I work in I work in customer service, so she handles well, I like do too. the finances <laughs> and and stuff like that. But I I work over the phone in customer service, so any of the phone calls that have to be made, I'm always the one to make them. And and I I put myself immediately in the shoes of the person who's taking a call, and you know I get all calm about everything, and 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 she gets on the phone and she's she's polite. But man, she starts walking back and forth. She starts putting them on mute. I can't stand these people. They got this is the fourth time I'm calling them. And they're just gonna she's she so she she's like you. And I would be like, Yvonne, I'd like well we have to talk about this. But I don't I don't rant and scream and yell though. I mean I, I, I will, but I not for long. I'll usually just internalize it and I won't talk about it. And I don't understand when people are angry or get upset about something. You know, it's the typical thing they, they want to do to come and ask you how to help you is, well, hey, come, let's talk about it. I don't want to. OK, I've already heard. It's it's like that's like saying, OK, this show really pissed me off that I just watched. So 
hold on. Yeah, just give me one second. Let me rewind it. Okay, L let me rewind it so that uh, so then we can both watch it together as a family. Because I'm sure that hearing it again and going through everything I just heard, I know I <laughs> see. I know I have to deal with it. Okay, I know this. I I am not interested in in uh going through it again. I know. I mean, it's I'm 44 years old. I I know about life, and I know when this thing breaks or when this happens that we have to do X. And I mean, I know. So I don't need to talk about it. I just want to bury my head in the sand until I distract myself at some point, maybe a few days later, and I just sort of forget about it. And it just I just deal with it like that. I don't I don't like to talk about it. I, and what I hate more than talking about it is being asked to either talk about it or to explain why I don't want to talk about it. And it's not just with Yvonne. It's with anybody. You know, I mean, like, when I... when when, when There's like... Two or three people, maybe you know, around that I, on Facebook or whatever, that you know, I may depending on the problem, I'll let them know about it, just because I gotta just tell somebody. But I don't want to talk about it, you know. And I, you know, usually it may be something that I might be curious what they think. If it is something I don't know, but I mean, basic stuff. It's like you know, let me just bury my head in the sand for a couple of days, and I'm gonna, I'll, I'll just, I just, I'll not care about it, just like I eventually don't care about everything that. That, that it, I mean, it just, it, it, I just, well, whatever figures, you know, I mean, I just, and I'll move on. Yeah, no, I, I see those things don't bother me so much as like dishes and clutter. Um, not it's, to me, I, I can have a certain level of Leanna calls it looking like things are lived in. I call it clutter or a mess or crap everywhere. Right. I, I can live with a certain level of that, but it's like, Things have to have structure. There are rules, you know, the, the, the clutter everywhere, like at least put like the mail clutter in a pile over here. And so let me put my homework clutter over here. As long as I can find my wallet, my keys and my phone and whatever I might need at any given moment, I don't care really what's everywhere else. As long as I don't have to look at it, you know, the dishes, it's looking at them that pisses me off to the point where I actually do something about it. And what really gets me is, driving i love driving when i'm the only person on the road yeah as yeah. soon as you put somebody else on the road in front of me i can't help but hate everything about the way they drive yeah and i'll tell you that is where i mean that is where i will be swearing like out loud and i'm by myself i mean there's nobody that <laughs> can i mean there's uh, and let me tell you about swearing by myself in the car i remember one time and i'm not kidding that i got so mad that I was swearing and swearing, and, and, and I remember thinking, you know, I'm tired of this word, but I don't know a word that's more filthy than that that will actually do justice to the way I feel right now. It's like there there isn't a word bad enough that I feel towards the person driving that car, you know, and I mean, I really get like that sometimes, but it's only in the summer, which is just about over. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Everything's about to die. <laughs> Everything I hate is about to either die or go into hibernation, and it will. It shall be the the winter, the fall and winter of Tom Nardone. I couldn't be more pleased. Uh, I'm in Illinois, and so I know you you're probably, probably less have, excited like, about it then. Well, you guys probably don't have like the snowbird situation where you have all of the the Florida old folks up here for the summer, and then the Illinois old folks 
and the Florida old folks go down there for the winter. And so there's a relief there. There's less people, but with every single season, it seems like every idiot who doesn't know how to drive in the rain or doesn't know how to drive in the snow is the only idiot on the road and everyone else took the day off. So like I'm driving to work every day in the winter time and a 30 mile drive is taking me two hours and it's highway driving because people don't know how to drive in an inch of snow. And so I'm, I'm right there with you. I'll drop an F bomb over and over and over again. Just in the winter, more than the summer in the winter time, because yeah, people just don't know how to how to drive in that. Yeah, you've got people who are driving their SUVs 80 miles an hour in the snow, or you got people driving their little four bangers 20 miles an hour in the snow. There's nobody's driving <laughs> the way you should in the snow. Uh, in the in, in the springtime, in the rain, everybody you get two inches of rain, everybody's driving 20 miles an hour. Yeah, I I, I like driving on it though. I, I like driving on the ice and snow. It's just, I don't know. I don't, it's, it's some sick challenge, I guess, but it's just, I don't mind it. But the, I love everything about the winter. There's nothing bad at all about, about winter. It's, it's just good. I know Eric Tivers lives up in your neck of the woods and he, yeah. uh, he really, uh, isn't, he doesn't like the winter at all. I'm like the opposite. This is like, you know, this is like my depressing time of year. I mean, there's nothing like, just opening the front door to go to work and just that punch in the face of cold air. I mean, compared <laughs> compared to, you know, walking out into the humidity and you can like f- literally, and I mean literally feel that the hairs on your neck get wet and curl up away from your neck. I mean, it's just awful. I hate it. It's every, and then, you know, it, it's, I don't know. You can, anyway. Okay. So we, we've talked a good bit about the, the things that anger us. And I know uh, you've, blogged about it and I know we did a I think we did a show on irritability but what we did not cover on that show was the way <laughs> was the magical ways in which we anger other people uh, and uh, it, I just I can't you know and a lot of it a lot of the stuff that I uh, you know thought of prior to the show was um, you know from stuff when I was a kid because my dad, uh, you know, Phil, my brother Phil is like perfect. He's he's like, uh, he's neat, he's orderly. I mean, and he has always been that way, even when he was a child. I mean, I would walk by his room thinking, you know, it didn't make any sense to me. Like his room was, was I mean, it didn't ever look like mine. You know, it was, he never, Phil never had to get up on a Saturday and spend the half the day cleaning up his room. It just was clean. It just, it, it's, I don't know how how he does it but even at his house today when i go over there and i'll i mean i'll get a glass of i'll drink a a beer over there or whatever and i'll put the bottle you know wherever i put it and phil just right behind me he'll just without saying a word he just goes he'll get up go get that bottle and go put in the garbage can i i don't i don't know how uh you know he or what drives him to do that but i remember um uh one thing that we did that I did actually. And I, I could have gotten out. Dad didn't even really get mad because he didn't really understand what had happened. Uh, but he had, they were about, my parents used to go out square dancing. I don't, I don't, anyway, they used to go out square dancing on, I don't know, Wednesday nights or whatever. Well, they left Wednesday night. So everybody knows that my parents go square dancing on Wednesday nights. So everybody comes <laughs> over. And I mean, we were like, 
you know, fourth and fifth grade. And uh, so everybody comes to my house, and I don't know how this happened, you know. But any anyway, so Dad says, Tommy, look, I guess you must have had some friends over when we went square dancing last week, and you know you're not supposed to do that. One of you guys must have shot a spitball at the other one, and it's stuck up in the corner of my dining room. You think maybe tonight you could not have anybody over and get that down before your mother sees it? Come on, help help me out, Tommy. And I said, sure, Dad, yeah, I'll, I'll get it. Okay, now I know what it is. It's not a spitball at all. It's a big gob of peanut butter. We actually were having uh, a peanut butter ball fights. We're just making just making balls of peanut butter out of the out of the can and throwing it, and a gob of peanut butter just stuck to the wall up there. Now, I remember thinking when my dad was telling me, this, "Holy crap! I am getting out of this huge because I have no idea, you know, what my dad would do if, you know, I mean, I don't even know how to start explaining that to him because that's just too stupid." But, uh. I mean, right after they left, I don't know what came on the TV or what, but I could, I never, th- I never gave that thing another thought. And Dad came home that night, and of course I was, a, we were in bed, and of course the first thing he notices, does when he comes home, he goes in the dining room, goes to that corner, and there it is. So he just figures, oh boy. So he just reaches, <laughs> he reaches up to get this this spitball down, and it's a gob of peanut butter, and he just absolutely lost it. And uh, he, he actually did wait until the next day to talk to me about it. He wanted to wake me up, but uh, I guess since I had school the next day, uh, he didn't. But I don't even remember. Honestly, I don't remember that conversation after, but I do remember the one before, and I just forgot about it. Uh, my, dad had, my dad had the temper, you know, and I, I have it, but I just control it, you know. I have a hard time with that. My dad, my dad was good. At looking back, some of the things that I've done where he should have went absolutely postal on me and didn't um, astounds me. Like, I, I remember a time where I had a party at the house. He used to go out of town a lot for work because after he and my mom split up, and uh, you know, I had the same group of friends would come over like probably once a month. He would be like on the other side of the globe out of town, like in Japan. And so like, there is not a chance he's coming home. People would spend the night, people would party. And I was a teenager. So these were a little more raucous parties. And I remember one time I wasn't feeling good and he left and nobody came over. But apparently one of the previous times we had had somebody over, they bought a bot brought a bottle of something. And when they were done with it, we had a, our microwave sat on a little cart that had like a cabinet in it. You could put stuff in like dishes, Tupperware and stuff. And somebody took their empty bottle, their empty liquor bottle and just stashed it back there. <laughs> what, and to get you in trouble? To get, no, just, I don't know if they were just, they didn't know what to do with it or maybe to get me in trouble. I don't know. I was kind of the one that got picked on a lot, but I lived in a nice neighborhood. neighborhood. We had a nice house. So it was a, it was a fun place to go and, hang out when there were no adults. So that could be it. I don't know. And he found the bottle and he came back and uh, I'll never forget. He says, son, I need you to come here for a minute. Okay, dad, what's going on? Listen, I'm not stupid. I wasn't born yesterday. I know you had people over to the house and I've told you not to do this. 
and I don't appreciate it. And I would say, well, no, dad, I didn't have anybody over this weekend. I, I've had people over before, believe me, but I, I, I was sick this weekend. I didn't have, he's like, son, you're lying to me and I don't appreciate it. Just calm as can be. And he reaches under the microwave and he pulls his bottle and he said, if you didn't have anybody over, whose is this? I know it's not yours. And he's holding this bottle of alcohol. Evidence of a crime that was Evidence. not committed. <laughs> and, and so I had to, I had to just take it and say, okay, I had people over. There's no way around it because he had never seen it before. It, it had to have been there for like a month and he never saw it. I don't know what, what prompted him, but he never saw it. But you know, my dad would not snap at the things that like normal teenagers would do that would get in trouble. My dad's like, he's a teenager. I'm just going to handle it, be professional and let it go. All business-like. But when it was things that it was like just a me thing, like not normal teenagers, like I would get fidgety, he would check my homework and I would get, I would get fidgety or I would say, you know, I, I don't want to stand around and wait for you to check my math homework for the next half and I would go up. Like things like that, he would, he would raise his voice and yell and say, you know, sit down, shut up, you're going to do what I say. Um, but no, he never had like the, that. Well, I never, I never had to deal with temper from my dad, really, like like some people do. No, when I do stupid things, they really happen more in my in my adulthood. Like, uh, yes, yesterday, no, last last week, we had a uh, one of our like man offices upper management was in the office, and uh, he pulled up a, like a corner office in our room that we have. It's a big room; it holds like a hundred people, hundred cubicles in a, like a call center type setup. And uh, the big man, so my boss's 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 boss, something like that, was in here. Um, and, you know, the whole office is super quiet. We're all working really quietly. Everybody's acting super professional. We're all wearing ties. You know, we're dressed up. <laughs> and my buddy, my buddy says to me when, when my manager comes in, he's like, hey, let's just, you know, goofing around. Let's give James, my boss a little, little golf clap and he stands up and gives his little, his little golf clap as, as James is walking in the room and common sense suddenly was nowhere to be found. And of course <laughs> I do nothing golf clap. I stand up and I have, I have big hands that make very loud clapping sounds apparently as I came to find out. And a couple of real good, like walloping claps. I suddenly, common sense just smacked me in the face. And I was like, mid clap. Oh, shit. Big boss man kind of pokes his head out the window. I'm mid clap. Everybody's staring at me. <laughs> my boss, my, he's a younger guy. He's actually, he's about my age. And he looks at me and he mouths the words, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> and I got so red, I sat down. He pulls me aside later on and he says, what could you possibly have been thinking? Dude, our, our boss, her boss's boss was here. Like of all the times for you to be a complete dumbass, like, and we're on that level where he can, we talk to each other like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He says, do not 
ever, under any circumstances, ever clap for me. Just don't even think about it. No, I don't want a golf clap. I don't, I don't want, and you know what, for the rest of the day, just do me a favor and don't, don't do anything. Sit at your desk. Oh man. I could not have been that more. That is the best punishment ever. I would yeah, love just, that. I would, I, if I knew that punishment would be that, I would be the first one uh, to commit those crimes. <laughs> what, I don't get the purpose. Do what, nothing. What were you, I mean, what was, the guy walked through the room and you clapped? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he what, just, what's he the big deal? I mean, what, am I, 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 it seems like I'm missing something. What's the big deal? The guy walks through the room and you clap. Well, because it's, it's a quiet room. At, at that moment anyway. And so, you know, my buddy gets this weird, you know, a notion that let's just give James a little golf club. Just sort of break the tension. special. Now, see, I would have done that. But, hey, you know what? Nothing to do with anger, and I don't care. This is great, and I'd forgotten. <laughs> I had forgotten about this, but years ago, uh, we were in, in Louisiana, and uh, – we all got drug off to the this church, and my mom really wanted to go to this church. This this unbelievable, it's Catholic church. This unbelievable giant church. I mean, the like fifty foot or more ceilings. I mean, you wouldn't believe this church. Uh, it's really old, and we all were going up there, and they were talking about the church and when it was built and all this stuff. And we're just like, yeah, okay. We just didn't want to go. We just wanted to stay home, but we couldn't because we had to be at church. Well, anyway, it was me and Donald, and Philip was probably too young. He was a little baby, but and our our cousins were there with us, and I, uh, you know, I was one of the oldest. Anyway, we're in the church, and we're kind of, you know, talking amongst ourselves like during the service, you know. And uh, <laughs> my <laughs> my brother Donald, and I'm definitely going to have to have him on the show one day. Uh. Donald is always wanting to create a moment, he, you know, especially at a time where it it's a, a boring situation where we don't want to, you know, he wants to do something or cause something that allows him to make a moment, something that we can say, hey, remember back, you know, and that's Donald's whole thing. He's like the architect of doing that. And Church is the right place. Yeah, yeah. So there was, it was a, and I mean, there's so many, I don't even remember the order of the Catholic mass, but there was, you know, there's several of these points in the church where it's just very quiet. And I mean, in this church, it's like, you can hear the quiet echoing. I mean, it was like just that kind of a thing. And Donald looks at me and smiles as if to say, oh, holy crap, Tom, I just got it figured out. So he acts like he, so he purposely drops, uh, his, not, I don't know, a hymnal or whatever they call the hymnal yeah. in the Catholic Church, his book. And he leans down forward to pick it up. And as soon as he does, he throttles one out. I was waiting for that. <laughs> he, he throttles this fart out. And I mean, you could hear the reverb coming off the walls of this church. <laughs> My, there. I thought it was silent, but then it was silent when that when that reverb finally just faded away for its last <laughs> little bit. It was silent. There was no one in that entire building that wasn't completely <laughs> aware of what just happened. 
even the priest that was up there, he's looking around. I had to exhaust every muscle in my face to not absolutely <laughs> lose control. And my mother's, you know, evil glare at me, that fix that made it a lot easier once she looked at me. And yeah, they tend she, to do that. She leans over and I don't know what she, some part of my face she grabbed and I can still feel it. It hurt that bad. She goes, you get up and go stand out in the parking lot and you take your brother with you. You are going to have hell to pay when we get home. And told me that in the church, you know, and, uh, you know what? I remember thinking, I remember walking out of the church thinking, I don't know what hell we have to pay, but I'll take it, (laughs) you know, because that story that was worth it it was worth it to be there for that and uh then there was a donald saying he didn't do it or it was an accident and everything my mom didn't believe him but she's really she could have believed him i mean it would have been easy just to believe him but she just natural process well he leaned forward to pick his book up that's why he he did that to to orchestrate this whole thing but donald yeah so that was actually a an just an amazing uh story but, Those church benches are perfect for that too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's really the last thing expected. Now, I will tell you one thing I did, and I really felt bad about this. And oddly enough, it didn't occur to me that that I was doing anything wrong until like the drive home. Uh, but I it was a, when I was in Hawaii in the Navy. Uh, I was I had some friends out there, and uh, they were. It was a guy that was another guy that was in the Navy, but he was on a surface ship and I was on a submarine. And Ugh. he, uh, he, Close faces. him and his wife were wanting to go to the, one of the other islands in Hawaii. And they asked if I wouldn't mind babysitting their kids and taking them to the beach. Well, after they got finished with their little date or whatever, you know, he came back and he had to go right back to the ship. So she came home. So we all went out to the beach. And I remember on the way there, I was thinking, man, I might have, you know, got in for more than I bargained for because I figure, okay, well, you know what? We'll stop for ice cream. You know, kids like ice cream. There's an ice cream place, and I don't, they get whatever they, they, they know the place, so they know what to order. So we're standing in line, and there was this big, giant Samoan woman in front of us, and I mean, she was enormous. And uh, I remember the kid's name. It was Scotty. He, uh... Uh, is standing there and the lady turns around and Scotty was a cute little kid. So this lady, really nice Samoan lady, <laughs> turns around and bends down to Scotty and says, oh, well, aren't you a cute little thing? And he goes, golly, you're fat. <laughs> and I did not, I didn't know how to behave. I mean, I it wasn't funny at all. Uh, I was, ju- I just, anyway, so we went to the beach though. I just remember that happened on the way. And, you know, I'm watching them real close, but uh, then one of them wants to go make a sandcastle, and I got, okay, so I'm trying to keep track of where they all are. I didn't lose any of them, all right? But they all came back, and none of them had their shoes. They lost, they, every, all five of them, they were like ages from seven down to three. I had to carry the three-year-old the whole day. Uh, and none of them had shoes, none of them, I mean, uh, and I just sort of looked around and said, all right, well, look, you know, your mom's going to be home. We got to go. And I wasn't in a hurry to get home. I just wanted to get there because that's when I told them I'd have the kids back. And I didn't want them worrying. There, You know, no one had a cell phone then. So I get back with five kids. 
and 10 feet with no shoes on them. <laughs> and it did, it just occurred. I'm just like, oh, well, you know, yeah, they lost them, you know. Now, it didn't even occur to me that she had to have, so she was out off her little vacation and she comes back. I watched her kids so that things would be more convenient for her. But as a result of me being the person that watched over her kids, she had to jump right back in the car, drive out to where, and <laughs> and buy five pairs of shoes for all of her kids. I mean, I can't imagine having to do something like that. But that never, that whole part, second part, I said, never really, it never really registered to me until, you know, it was too late. And uh, that's a pretty funny story, but I, I felt really bad about that, man. I, 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 I still kind of do sometimes, even though it is funny, you know. I think that's like the story of my life. Yeah. You, know, you you just go through your day like, okay, well, this happened. Let's move on, get past it. You get back and, and then you realize the full extent of what you've done. Like the extent of what you've done has been phrases, part of a choice phrase said to me many, many, many times. Yes. You don't realize the extent of what you've done. I always heard, Tommy, I just don't know what there's more of, son. Lead in your ass or shit in your brains. <laughs> <laughs> My dad was just a wordsmith. I, I just, you know, it was never funny then, but man, looking, looking back, I mean, his methods for problem solving, his anger was you know, was all that was necessary. His, it didn't, he didn't matter what he said when dad got angry or when we got, you know, it was always a big deal. So I remember Donald and I were fighting all the time. We just wouldn't quit fighting. And dad, uh, had told us you boys, I better never. And I mean this, he goes, I, you are never to fight again. If one of you says something to the other one, both of you just walk on me. He was tired of dealing with it. He was tired of hearing it. And I guess, it, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I helped raise Brett, but I didn't have two boys of my own and have to listen right. to him fight. I don't know how bad that would sound. I, I guess it pretty bad because uh, you want him to get along, not just because it makes your life so much easier, but just because it's the right thing. But anyway, what didn't matter. He didn't want us fighting. That's all that mattered. Well, Donald and I got home from school and we both had gone to the record store with my mom. She bought us both our first record. So we got our records and we wanted to play our records. We had one record player. Okay. And two of us each with the record we wanted to hear when we got home. And to this day, I don't remember who got to the record player first and who played their record and who had to wait, but neither one of us wanted to wait. So just say it was Donald who got there first and, He's playing his record, and, and, and I... So we end up fighting over this record player. Now, we know my dad's not supposed to be home for another couple hours, so we can safely, you know, go to battle stations without any worrying about any, <laughs> any drama. But my dad came home early one day, which neither one of us could have anticipated. All right? And he comes in the door and walks back there, and he's just standing in the doorway as we're fighting. And by this time... You know, we're shoving each other and, and pushing and wrestling around. And he just stood there figuring at some point one of us will look in the direction of the door and see him standing there. And one of us did, and we both stopped. And we both got away from each other as far as we could get away from each other. 
And Dad didn't even get mad. And the reason he didn't get mad is, or, or yell is because he already had the solution to the problem before we even... <laughs> he says, well, hi, boys. How are you doing? Oh, good. You know, he goes... He goes, well, I, I noticed you uh, were fighting. What, what, you know, what, what seems to be the trouble? I said, well, you know, Dad, you know, Tom, he goes... Had the right, oh, no, Dad, no, I had the right, you know, we, he goes, okay, okay, relax, relax. I'm not going to ground you. He goes, so you're fighting over the record player, is that, I mean, is that, that's all I want to know, is that what you're doing? He goes, yes, sir. Tommy, yes, sir. He goes, oh, well, I have the solution to that. So he walks over to the record player, which was on the floor, and just starts stomping on it with his boots. There were pieces of record and pieces of record player. I couldn't tell which was from the record or which was from the record player flying all over the place as we just sat there in front of the record player watching this go go down. And then Dad says, okay, well, you were fighting over the record player. There is no more record player, so now you have nothing to fight about. Why don't you guys go out and play? And he didn't even raise his voice, you know. But I will never forget... The, the, the sound and watching his boot pass right in front of my face as it was pummeling this 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 record player that he destroyed. Uh, you know, my dad would just... And to this day, I hated it when my dad got mad and yelled. I couldn't... I ha- always hated that. Unless it was at me. You know, just general yelling always bothered me. But when it was me, it was always my report card. Uh, God, what did he... I think I put it in my... But what did he say about my... <laughs> oh, <laughs> what did he say about my report card? I'll think of it in a minute, but... Uh, now he, I got this bad report card <laughs> and, uh, oh crap. I, I, I'm, I don't know. I'll look, but anyway, my, my dad always just had a colorful way of, he would, he was the most calm guy, easygoing, nice guy, but man, he would get bent out of shape sometimes. And man, he would lose his shit uh, when, <laughs> That's when and he, he, I mean, and once he was there, there was hardly any getting him back. You just had to let him be and let, let him, him blow it and off. He'll get in his car. Like one time he got so mad at my mom for making gumbo because he hates the smell of that and he hates the way it makes the house smell. He walked in the door, took one smell and says, ah, damn it. And then he just walked right out and went and spent, <laughs> and, and spent the night at a friend's house. And we didn't see him again until the next day. You know, sometimes it would just, it would just be nothing. But uh, boy, he, and he loved to spin the tires. Up out of the driveway. <laughs> he loved to spin the tires when he was mad. That was his thing, spinning the tires. There was one time I was I was I'm gonna go back to the ex girlfriend stories. Um, so now we won't be able to play this for Liana. But I, I was dating this girl and she had just gone from one job to the next. It was pay cut. She was living with her parents and. I, I wasn't living there, but I'd stay there often and I'd help them out around the house. And, you know, we'd been together for like a year. So we were pretty serious and, um, you know, we were trying to save up money together and, uh, maybe, you know, get an apartment or something of our own. And I remember one time, well, this was also before either of us had a cell phone and, uh, she had gone out with a friend. And I was there, um, I was actually, I was watching her son and uh, I was there and I think her mom was there. I feel so bad for the mom for the, because she witnessed my temper, even just this once. 
and thought this crazy son of a bitch is dating my daughter. Um, it, so she came home at one point and she had gotten a tattoo. <laughs> and I thought, and I said, you know, what the hell are you doing? You and I are trying to you know, get on our feet, make something of our lives and, you know, get out of your parents' house and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just letting go on her. And I'm like, and you go out and you're getting tattoos. I bet you had a few drinks while you were out. Where did that money come from? Did that money come from our account that we worked hard to put money into? And I'm just going in on her. And I'm like, you know what? Don't even answer it. I don't want to talk to you. I am so pissed right now. And I walk out and I slammed their, now this is her parents' house. I slammed their door. I put my car in reverse. I pulled out of their driveway and I peeled out all the way down the street. Took off, <laughs> and I'm gone. Having thoroughly embarrassed myself without even realizing it yet. I get a call and she knew somewhat the extent of, you know, how long these, this type of tantrum would last. <laughs> I get a call maybe later that evening, the next morning. And she says, you know, Hey, how you doing? I'm like, I'm all right. Listen, I know I got really mad and you know what? We're not married or anything. You know, you're, you're a young woman. You should be able to do what you want. And I, and I was out of line and, and I'm really sorry. And, and she says, and she had gone out, this, she had done this with her friend, Julie. She says, Julie bought me the tattoo for my birthday. Nice. Oh. <laughs> so not only had I flipped out about her getting this tattoo, I had forgotten about her birthday. I didn't even realize it was her birthday that day. Man, that <laughs> is epic. Ah, even now, I'm like giggling with the embarrassment that I feel for. Well, boy, that, that I appreciate you sharing that story. That is really something. Uh, now, I'll tell you, uh, and I'm going to be, I'd be closer to your, well, I'll just tell you what happened. Uh, it was with my ex. Now, I had just met Yvonne at Home Depot, and it would be many years, many years before we got married. I mean, I, we were just friends. And it was, uh, I had screwed up so many birthdays and Valentine's Days and, and, and anniversaries. Ever, I, I don't think I ever nailed an anniversary. I mean, it was always marginal or I missed it or something. But I went to... Uh, the um, I went to work that night. I worked third shift. The next day was our anniversary, and it wasn't last minute at all. I I planned on going out to Walmart during our lunch break, and getting her gifts and a bunch of decorations. I mean, I would and and when I got home, you know, I left everything in my car, and she went to work. So I had all day, and it was a Friday. So I was off Saturday and Sunday. I had all day to to get things the right way. So I didn't even sleep. Uh, I hung up decorations. I made a sign that says, 
uh, happy anniversary. I wrap the gifts. I never wrap gifts. Honestly, when I get something, I the bag that it came in, I just fold over the flap and stick a bow on it. That's how I, That's <laughs> even if it's a Walmart bag, that's all I ever do. It's like my signature gift. I don't, I, but I wrap gifts in nice paper. You know, I actually bought stupid paper to wrap gifts in. That's, I think that's so ridiculous. But anyway, I did all that. I, I bought a cake. I had it say, you know, I mean, I did, I mean, I did it the right way and it was our fifth anniversary, you know, so it was a big one. And I really, a first big one, and I really did want to uh, to do it right. So I had everything, and then she calls and, and says she's running a little late, which is just perfect because I get my, and I had dinner on the stove, okay, uh, really good dinner. And so she pulls in the driveway, and I'm like, all right, showtime. I'm, I mean, I am in a great mood. She walks in, and she was surprised. I mean, she's looking around, and... and looking at all this stuff didn't smile but she was honestly not expecting to see this uh when she came in there were gifts on the table i mean every, i mean she's looking around she can't believe all this because it was i don't know what month we got married but it was the fifth and apparently we got married on the 15th <laughs> so it was the wrong day okay but now look so what yeah, that's that's a lot of effort you put into that. It was. That's my position. My you know, my position on it to this day is so what? Okay? <laughs> but not her. She raised unholy hell with me. Really? She unwrapped all those gifts like she didn't just so that she could stack them on the end of the table and they and she goes, "Where is the receipt that came with that?" And I man, I, at this point I'm just like a whipped puppy. Just like waiting. Well, not a whip puppy. I'm just waiting for the drama to end. So I just, with like, in a, with a very defeated, uh, you know, pussified, you know, demeanor about me, I just <laughs> open up my wallet, pull the receipt out. Here you go. You know, she takes it, puts it on the top. She goes, all of this shit goes back tomorrow. And then she, this, I couldn't believe. She go. I made this spaghetti. Now let me explain it to you. I sautéed garlic and olive oil. I bought the Italian sausages. You know, I, I I let it slow cook for a good part of the day. I mean, it was as good a spaghetti as I've ever had. It was waiting for me. I was at you know I at least the whole time she was bitching. I'm saying, well, hell, at least I'm gonna have a good dinner tonight. You know, right. I mean, this is I'm I'm trying to Tell me she bargain. Dump she dumped that shit right in the oh, damn sink. No, out of spite because that's what an evil bitch she was. Okay, now I would have eaten it anyway. And then went to bed. <laughs> and then went to bed, which hey, that was the nicest thing she did because. <laughs> and when she went to bed. I'm going to tell you what I did. I exhaled. I walked over because I was hungry. I mean, I was waiting to eat when she, you know, when she got home. I was hoping to eat pretty quick. So I walked over to the table. I look at, well, I mean, I looked in the sink and, I, you know, so I could, you know, accept the fact that all that work I did all day was gone. You know, there wasn't even enough to scrape off the sides to make a, a plate, which I probably would have been more than willing to do. Uh, it was all down the garbage disposal. Um, so I looked there and I'm like, oh, okay. I went and I sat down at the table and I looked at the big stack of gifts and I'm like, shook my head. And then I saw the cake, which was completely untouched. Didn't even acknowledge there was a cake. 
<laughs> so I just ripped the lid off of it, the little cellophane lid, got a fork, and just started eating from the cake. I didn't cut a piece. I just ate as if the entire cake was a piece of cake. And I just <laughs> ate it until I got full, and then I just shit-canned it and went and played on my computer games, watched a movie, whatever. Now, here's the real kicker, all right? Ten days later, I did absolutely nothing because I thought I had tainted the anniversary altogether. I figured that she did not have any interest in my feeble attempts at repairing all the damage that I did by, you know, not knowing the difference between a 5 and a 15, I guess. Uh, so... <laughs> And then I got a second wave of bullshit from that. So I have to say that was, that was the, the, you know, I didn't care about that one. It didn't even bother me. I just literally sat there waiting for her to stop talking. I had my eyes closed, just listening to her. And then I just remember not hearing anything. And I realized, I just realized later that she, oh, she's gone. I just opened my eyes up and then I just went, went all about it. I mean, there was never any winning. So, you know, if, if you're in a, I mean, how hard do you try to play a game that you know you cannot win? When the, when the outcome is predetermined, there's no real benefit to giving a shit. And it just seemed like nothing I did, everything I ever did with her just blew up in my face every single time without fail. But, uh, yeah, I'd forgotten about that. Hell, that's not even in my notes. Yeah, that was a. I'd forgotten about that. I never. I never saw. I, I'll, I'll tell you one thing. I have never had any kind of a challenge when it comes to disappointing women. Dis <laughs> disappointing women is something that I know all too well. Uh, and, Same here. And uh, you know, I haven't. I haven't had many. Many of them to to disappoint and. I, I don't know. I, I was surprised I got with Yvonne so quickly after my ex, but uh, man, that was that was a freaking seven-year roller coaster ride that I, you know. And I, the thing is, the coolest thing she did was leaving. I'd have never left. I'd have, I I was too lazy. I was. I mean, I was too late. There was no way I was going to have the initiative to, you know, get an apartment and go and you know get you know and all that crap and moving logistics and. There was never, and but that's not necessarily the reason why. It's just that, you know, I just felt like I was locked into it because I made a promise and a commitment. So, you know, but one day I came home and her and all of her bullshit was gone. And man, I was euphoric. And, and uh, I couldn't, I felt like I won the lottery. And I mean, the first thing I said is, holy crap, all this and the season finale of Curb Your Enthusiasm is on or something like that. <laughs> I mean, I remember the TV. I, I went and I, 15 minutes after I got home uh, from, you know, found out my wife left me. I am all focused on, I'm, I wasn't even thinking about, about that. I just, I was just watching this show, you know, and uh, I called my mom and then she got really upset because she thought I was hurt. But I said, mom, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm really glad. I mean, I, I, I goes, yeah, she took all the money. I have no money. I don't have a car, but I don't care. You know, it's worth it. It, it was it was worth it. She could have taken a lot more, and I'd still be worth it. You know, what really would have been awesome if she had you know had the courage to burn the place down. That way, you know. But uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. 
Well, anyway, we are, uh, hell, man, we're about to hit the, uh, I think we're, well, we're definitely past the hour mark, but, uh, Andrew, it was a very, a lot of fun to trade stories with you, uh, on the thing, on this show, and I appreciate you, uh, you, uh, you being here today. Yeah, it was awesome, and, uh, I'm glad to have made the list of, uh, yes, hosts you, of the Tom Nardone show. Yep, and you're, I was trying to find some artwork for your, your site, that's how I'd really, I mean, but, you know, most people have like a little logo. You don't. I'll make, no, I'm, I'm I'll make you a logo. That stuff. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make you, I'll make you a logo and I'll just put it up. Cool. So there you go. Free logo too. All right. I'll take it. All right. Well, that is the show, everybody. Uh, Yvonne will hopefully be back uh, next week. I have no reason to think she won't be. She will. She will be quite jealous after uh, knowing that I did a show without her. But, uh, Andrew, again, thank you. Everybody else, uh, I'm Tom Nardone. You're welcome. We will see you next time.